the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host Bishop Fred A. Carwell senior now lend me your ear and let's go inside of know your Bible and hear God's life-changing word welcome to know your Bible in your Biblos, the first Corinthians, the 16th chapter, the 8th and the 9th verses. First Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. When you get there, say, I have it. All right, if you're looking at Job, you've, you're not far enough. All right, first Corinthians, the 16th chapter, the 8th and the ninth verses, and I'm reading. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. I like that. When the Lord spoke that to my heart last week, I just get it, get it, get it. I just got so excited because I'll be able to come and talk to you about what he told me to tell you. Amen. Amen. An open door and many adversaries. An open door and many adversaries. God is still the God that opens doors that no man can close. God is still the God who closes doors that no man can open. Paul says in this 8th verse, but I will tarry at Ephesus. Somebody say Ephesus. I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. You know about the seven Jewish feasts in those days that were uh, celebrated by the nation of Israel. One of those days were Pentecost. And we know about Pentecost when it came in Acts chapter 2 and when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now this is beyond that event that took place when the day of Pentecost had fully come. 
Paul, as you well know, is beyond those days. And he's writing to the church at Corinth. And he's giving them a bird's view of his scheduling. What's going to be happening with him and where he's going to be. He says in this eighth verse, he says, but I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door. How many of y'all know that God is still opening doors? And God is still closing doors. That's why some of your enemies lost sleep because they can't get to you. <laughs> so as we talk about an open door and is a connected conjunction, many adversaries. Now it would have been different if he had said, but there are many. No, no, but would have, you know, wiped out everything he said before. So what comes along with the open door is also the adversaries. To check you out and check us out to see how badly do we want this blessing. And what we have right here is that it's going to take some certified effort for you to keep moving forward when that door opens because there are many adversaries. Now let me give you some descriptive terms so that you won't get lost because we have a plethora of scripture to share with you today as we talk about an open door and many adversaries. Paul says in this ninth verse, there's a great door of effectual. I looked that word effectual up and that word effectual has to do with power in action. It has to do with an active work of the Holy Spirit. It, we get the same word energy from it. Energia. In other words, when God opens that door, he gives us the energy to move on through it because along with the open door comes many, many, not, not two, not three, but many. And now you see why when the blessings of God that make it rich and add no sorrow with it comes to you, somebody don't like that. Someone has a problem with your children graduating. Somebody got a problem with that new car you got. That, that, God says, I'm going to open a door. It's going to be not just a small door for a shotgun house. It's going to be a great door. <laughs> How many of y'all know everything that God does is great? I'm going to open for you a great door of effectual. A great door where power will be available for you. Work in action. Just do the work. You will have the power from God. To perform what it is that he sent you to do. And that ought to tell you something. That you are not alone. You are not by yourself. Because the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Is with his people. So this great door of effectual. Is a door filled with power. It's action at work. And it's energy from the Holy Ghost. To get done what God has assigned for you to do. Paul says now I'm going to wait at Ephesus. But God has already told me that he has opened for me a great door of effectual. 
See, those of us that operate in ministry and those of us that are born again, we are anointed to be successful. We are anointed to succeed. So you got to realize that you can't throw up both hands and quit because people don't like you. Huh? You can't throw up both hands and quit because someone has fallen out with your cologne. We don't play that. Keep your eyes on the prize and go ahead, go ahead. Because you know what? The best is still yet to come. Kind of get a witness in here. So God gives us the energy to do what it is that we need to do. Now he says that there is a great door of effectual. Now you notice. For a great door and effectual is open unto me. That's how personal God is. And see, when we seek to know the will of God, whether it's promotion on your job, whether you should relocate to another place, whatever it is, seek ye first what God's will and desire is for you because sometimes we are led astray by our thought life. But Paul says that God has opened for me that great door of affection. But there are many adversaries. Now what is an adversary? An adversary is an enemy. So behind every blessing there is an enemy that just don't like that. And you know sometimes people try to pray against you. That you would fail. That you would be exposed. Let me tell you something. Don't you lose no sleep about that wicked thought. Because if they're going to pray that you get hurt or exposed, who's going to do it? God ain't. And you know the devil can't answer no prayers. So this great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Now, you, you got to understand something. Go to Isaiah, the 8th chapter and the 20th verse. We probably won't get back to 1 Corinthians 16, 8 and 9, but uh, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20. Because, you know, what we're about to read, you really need to comprehend, embrace it, and understand it. In Isaiah 8 and 20, the Bible says, To the law and to the testimonies, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. If they speak not according to the word of God, rightly divided, line upon line upon line upon line, precept upon precept upon precept. If they speak not according to God's eternal word, rightly divided, it is because there is no light in them. Now when Paul was talking, about this great door of effectual being open unto him. And he talked about these many adversaries. Then what is it that Paul was in possession of. That these people would be coming against. Where would the fight be taking place? Where would the epic center be located? What problems would they have with the apostle Paul? Here it is right here. If they were not teaching and proclaiming what Paul according to the apostles' doctrine, was preaching and proclaiming. And see, when they came up against what Paul was preaching and proclaiming, which was the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When Paul was declaring the word of God rightly divided, in those days, as is true in these days, 
people will come against that. And we're going to be looking at that. And the reason that they come against once saved, always saved, is because there's no light in them. The reason that they come against the fact that God can forgive sin and forget it and cast it into the sea and remember it no more, the reason that people have problems with this kind of teaching is because there is no light in them. So wherever the truth is proclaimed, darkness is also lurking in the shadows. And there are a lot of people, even in these days, that refuse to believe that Jesus cannot lose no sheep. And they are stuck on stupid, believing that God is a part-time Savior, and if you sin, you're lost. Come on now. We've got to understand what doctrine is. I, I looked the word doctor up on last night. And I know this is going to bless some of the doctors that are in this house that are in the college and teaching the school of ministry. I know it blessed this doctor right here. Do you know what the word doctor in the Greek is? Doctor in the Greek is one who teaches doctrine. Huh? One who teaches the doctrine of God rightly divided to the body of Christ. And see, when, when that doctrine of, of God is embraced, now watch this, it does not matter what the denomination thinks. What matters is the word of God rightly divided, which is able to tear down walls wherever they are. And that's what brings your enemies out of the woodwork after you. That's why I've been called a Jim Jones and everything else. Because God didn't send me to make friends. He sent me to declare what his word says. And in the declaration of that word, if you are ever saved, you always saved. In the declaration of that word, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is still the only way that folk can get born again. You can join every church in town and bust hell wide open. If you are not born again, you're just a good church member. So when God opens these doors and lets you have this opportunity to go in and talk to your quote-unquote boss, at some point, it may be the tenth time you get in there, at some point you got to bring the man up. That's why God opened that door. And quit talking about, I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord waiting on you. That's why he sent you up in there. So when we talk about doctor, in those days, Basically, it had to do with the Jews teaching the Jews the law of Moses. In days like these, in the New Testament blood-bought, blood-washed church, it is the doctrine that determines whether that's a New Testament church or not. And if the doctrine is not rightly divided, and especially the apostles' doctrine and, and the breaking of bread and prayer, and fellowship, if that's not there, there's not a New Testament church. I don't care how eloquent the preacher is. I don't care how great the choir sings. If the forgiveness of sin is not understood and declared through the blood of Jesus Christ, that ain't no New Testament church. And anyone who tells you that you have to work in order for your sins to be remitted, get the up out of there. 
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that washed me white as snow. No other fount I know. That's all I'm talking about. Nothing but the, don't let the man stop you. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So this message here has to do, and every message that I know of that I'm involved in, has to do with doctrine. Because I'm a doctor. Huh? And my quest is to go through that door with power and tell the truth. <laughs> Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Praise God. All right. Now, as we, as we look at this door. Now, normally a door. Get on over to uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Normally when we talk about a door. We're talking about an opening in a wall. We, we, we're talking about a door that is, you know, an opening in the wall like that door over there. There's an opening in that wall. Jesus said, speaking of himself, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pastor. Now, when God told Paul, and Paul was telling the church at Corinth and those to whom he was speaking, I'm going to be at Jerusalem until Pentecost. But God says, there is a great door and effectual open unto me, Paul says, and there are many adversaries. What was Paul saying? An open door, say these words back to me, an open door is an open opportunity. That's what it is. This, this open door is an opportunity to declare who Jesus is. Amen. Tell it on the highway. Tell it on the byway. But tell it. Tell somebody what great things God has done for you and your family. Don't hide it under a bushel. Tell everybody what great things God has done for you. And I need to say to the church everywhere today that this doesn't have anything to do with the pastor of the church. That's the only preacher in the house. No, if you're born again, you're a preacher. If you're born again, you haven't been given the charge to proclaim who Jesus is to a dying world. Amen? All right. Now, as we look at this door that is open, it's for the declaration of the gospel. That's what this is for. Don't try to be like the world. That's what we came out of. Let the Holy Ghost shape and mold us for the great work that we have that has been set before us. And nobody in this world is beyond the need for salvation. Nobody in this world, if they were to tell the truth, is beyond needing the Lord to help them. So many open doors. So many opportunities. And especially in days like these when people are running in fear behind the pandemic. A lot of God's people are living in fear. We don't have to live in foolishness. We are called upon to live in faith. And if the church is afraid and running and hiding up on the rocks, what in the world is the, is the world going to do? We are to wear this gospel. 
We're not to live and die in fear. Amen? So this door and these adversaries. Say these words back to me. What comes along with the open door is a whole lot of adversaries. A whole lot of enemies. Now I don't know about you, and then we're going to run this plethora of scripture right quick. I don't know about you, but I take things personal when it comes to the Lord and his church. I learned that from King David. David didn't have no problem telling the Lord, jump on him. David had no problem telling him, get him Lord, sick him Jesus. Because when people come up against the body of Christ, which is the church universal... When people come up against that and you a member of the body of Christ, they're coming against you too. So you got to be worded up to the point that you know what to say and to whom to speak it to and don't back up on it. And quit being afraid to be labeled as being serious about church. Because only light. If you ain't serious about nothing else in your life, you ought to be serious about the Lord's church. Only light that speaks of God's wisdom and his presence. Can back because in him we live, move, All right. and have our being. The door been on the porch long enough. Come on the in the house. Are you in Ephesians, the third chapter? I want you to take a look at the sixth through the eighth verses. The Bible says, well now, let's go to verse four. Ephesians four through eight. Third chapter, verses four through eight. But God who is rich in mercy. Somebody say doctrine. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins. Has made us alive. Has made us what? Has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's his exalted position. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So we see then, here's a doctrine laid down. Salvation by grace through faith only. Now, you might say, well, I've heard that before. Well, if you stick around this church, you're going to hear it again and again and again and again and again. Because we ain't got nothing else to talk about. When you think about salvation is by grace, not law, by, not works, but by grace only, then grace is God extended mercy toward us who had already sinned and Christ died for us while we were yet sinners to show us that there is no salvation apart from grace. You cannot be saved apart from the grace of God, which means then you cannot work to be saved. Jesus did the work at Calvary. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah? See, this whole thing, and that's what the church needs to understand, this whole thing borders on doctrine. 
Every time the church comes together, what part of the doctrine will we be talking about today? It all borders on doctrine. Now, nah, nah, you can't pay your bills with that. You can't back the devil up with that. I'm all fucking happy. But mister, can you break me off a piece before you start heeing and hawing at me? Can, can you assure me that I'm saved no matter sometime how I cut up? How many of y'all know sometimes Christians cut up? I'm talking about blood-bought, blood-washed saints cut up sometimes. And that's why it's not by works, it's by grace. And grace only. So everybody that's been saved by the grace of God shouldn't be hard on other people. <laughs> Don't have me the only one in here enjoying what the Lord is saying. I know I'm saved by grace. I was a junkie and a drug dealer. I, I, I know that I'm saved by the grace of God. And so I committed the rest of my life to telling everybody about a man that redeemed me on a Wednesday night a long time ago. A long time ago. And if I sin and confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So these adversaries, these enemies, this is how they sound. Ain't no way you can be once saved, always saved. Okay, I tell you what. Show me the scripture you're standing on because I just showed you the one I'm standing on. For by grace are you saved. So if I can be saved and lost, show me a scripture that says that. Because after all, I realize when you open your mouth and say that, you are, you are my enemy. See, this is a war on words. All right, moving right along. Uh, Acts the 19th chapter. Now, go there. Now, you notice what I just got through reading was to the Ephesians, right? Didn't, 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 didn't Paul say that this door is open in Ephesus? Uh -huh. Come on, walk with me now. This door is open in Ephesus. And before it's all over with, Paul wrote a whole letter to the Ephesian church. Because why? There were many adversaries that fought against Paul's teaching. And there are a whole lot of folk today that are fighting against Paul's teachings. I know because I've heard a lot of them in this city that preach Fred Caldwell instead of preaching Jesus. Yeah. And my grandmama say they just jelly us, Fred. Man, when God steps down and takes some people like us and, and does all these wonderful things and, and we're reaching over three million people a day on our radio station, Stellar Award radio station, and then all these people that, that are celebrating with us the month of August, know your Bible, man, that's God. That's God. And I tell you what you will not find on that broadcast, you will not find no false teaching. Because I realized long time ago that this is a war on words and when the word of God is rightly divided, it does not matter who comes against it, they're already defeated. 
And this is the confidence that we must move forward with in a world like this when people are confused. If you say you can be saved and lost, show me a scripture you're standing on. It does not exist. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Now who are you going to believe? Whose report will you believe? And I told you down through the years, if I teach you something, people can come against it, but they are not going to defeat it. It's not going to happen. Because before I talk to you, I talk to him. Because I don't want to teach you anything that's not lining up with these scriptures. And you would think that people would not leave a ministry like this. You think that people would find some super glue and attach themselves to the wall on Saturday night. Just so that they won't be late on Sunday morning. But no, they run away from who he think he is. I know who I is. And if anybody else asks you who I am, tell them I'm a child of God. That's, that's what you, you, you tell them I'm a child of God. When I first got out of here, man, you know what the word in the city was? Oh, there's a young man out there that's preaching the truth. Oh, there's a black Moses out there. God done sent us a Moses. And when I start saying other things, adultery, fornication, the rest of that stuff, and homosexuality, bah! now all of a sudden the devil sent me. This whole thing borders on doctrine. And if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. Now this great door of affection was open and many adversaries but it was going to kick off at Ephesus. And I just got through reading you what the apostle to the Gentiles said about salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works lest any man should boast. And if anybody has to glory, let them glory in the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now I'm blessed all the day. I didn't say I'm happy every day, because there's some stuff happens. Them adversaries every now and then look like they try to corner you <clears throat> to take you out of here. And sometimes he try to take you out with high blood pressure. Don't be worried about what other people think about you. You just make sure you know about you. Can I get a witness here? Amen. There's an open door and there are many adversaries. Isn't that something? That door represents an opportunity. An opportunity. How many opportunities has the Lord given to you? Because when he opens the door and gives you an opportunity, step through it because that door opens into a bigger door that opens into a bigger door. So, but if you let fear stop you, now we the church in scatter coronas. We the church. In letting the world lead us. That ain't the way God designed it. 
We are the light of, uh, hallelujah. Aren't we the light of the world? Aren't we the light of the world? Are we the light of the world? Well, the world is in darkness. Don't you think they need a light? Are you going to church? Yeah. Meet me there or beat me there. Because if God can't keep me at Greenwood Acres, ain't no need of me going home. That's where I see it. Anyway, what could be better than to die at church? <laughs> he died in the Lord, baby. <laughs> he died serving Jesus. He died with a smile on his face. You're going to die anyway. I don't care how many times you get healed. The day going to come, you ain't getting up off that bed. And oh yeah, by the way, all healing is temporary. So that you can continue your journey. And when your journey is over, you dead. You dead. Call the coroner, get the body out before it starts stinking. You dead. So that's why the Lord didn't allow some of us to die because he ain't through working with us right through here. <laughs> Who wouldn't be happy? All your sins been forgiven. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Your name is written in the book of life. Who wouldn't be happy? Don't wait till the world say it's over. You say it's over in your own life and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's time to live, love, laugh, and be happy. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Because you know you already been given the victory over death, hell, and the grave. I said death, hell, and the grave. Didn't Paul say for me to live is Christ <laughs> and to die is gain? What was he saying? You can't lose with the stuff I use. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What you all uptight about? You didn't wake you up today. The Lord woke you up. That mask ain't keeping you wearing. Go ahead. It's the Lord that's keeping you alive. They take masks off dead people every day. Now what about this emphasis? Paul says now, I'm going through that door. <laughs> I'm going to preach Christ and him crucified. That's what I've been called to do. And that's what I'm going to do. There's an incident that took place in Ephesus. Acts chapter 19, are you there? All right, let me get over there right quick. You know, I love talking to you. Do you love listening? Yeah, you ought to, because every time the church comes together, it's a doctrinal thing. It has to be, so that the church won't get stupid and get out there with the word. Yeah, you know, I sinned, so I'm lost. No, because you were lost, Jesus paid for your sins. 
And you can't break that seal on your life. The seal is the Holy Ghost. You're sealed until the day of redemption. Now when I first started teaching that years ago. I was teaching that before I got to Greenwood Acres. Teaching that years ago. People had problems with it. See these are adversaries. Ignorant and unlearned. If you're going to teach people. At least don't you think you ought to be up on your game. Somebody say, well, you know, man, man. well, what if a man died in a whole house? We died in a whole house. What does that mean? It means he died in a whole house. Was he saved? Let me ask you a question. Do saved people cheat on their income tax? Don't look at the back of your neighbor's head like that. I mean, we mess up. But God will pick us up. It didn't say he agreed with what we did. But he ain't going to abandon us. God has committed himself to every believer throughout eternity. You cannot be saved and lost. Once saved, always saved. Well, what happened to the man that died in the whole house? God would deal with him. That's God's, that's, that's God's business. That's, he shouldn't have died over there. What if he died in his car after he pulled off? I don't know all that. But one thing I do know, God is a merciful God. God is a saving God. He's our saving grace. And then, then, then another thing. All these folks that's running around here talking all this noise. I want to ask them a question. So at what point during the day are you lost? And at what point during the day are you saved? And if you're saved, what did you do to get unsaved? Well, you know, I cussed my neighbor out. Well, then that tells me then you cuss your neighbor out, so therefore you're not saved. So then you don't need Jesus, you don't need the cross. Just don't cuss your neighbor out and you're saved. No, for by grace are you. It's grace. It's, it's grace. I don't deserve it, but Lord, I thank you that you gave it to me. It's grace. Pure grace. And if you add anything to grace to try to work to be saved, it ain't grace, it's works. Here's another argument. Well, ain't no child of God. You can't always be happy like that. How come I can't always be happy? When you look like you just got through sucking on a wasp's nest. And that's the way you look every day. Where is your God? Where is your joy? So if you can be sad all day, how come I can't be happy all day? All these things don't have anything to do with salvation by grace. I'm just glad to know that I didn't have to do anything to get saved except call on Jesus. That's all, that's all I did. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to do. Because the cross paid everything for redemption. How many of y'all believe that? See a short, you believe that? Look around you. Do you have anybody around you whose hand is not up? Slap them. <laughs> no, not really. 
He's a merciful God. And, and the reason I keep talking is because I'm so excited. I'm so excited. When this is all over with, I'm going to be with the Lord in heaven. And when you look back at it, if you're born again, you're already seated in heavenly places. So I don't have to work to get to heaven. I'm born again. I'm already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we are seated together. Ain't that what the Bible says? We are seated together. That's why all this old racism is so stupid. White church, black church, Hispanic church. Anyway, where did I tell you to go? Some of y'all just moving your lips. You ain't nowhere to tell you. All right, Acts chapter 19, commencing at verse 1. Now watch, we're talking about this open door and these adversaries. And it's all about doctrine because that's what they're trying to get you off of. To change your doctrine of truth to the doctrine of error. Don't do it. Tell your neighbor, don't do it. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper borders came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. How many? Verse 8. And he went into the synagogue. Oh, here we go. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and believed not, somebody say these are the adversaries. And when some were hardened and believed not, but spoke evil of that way, the Christian way, the Lord Jesus, before the multitude, they were speaking to the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued for the space of two years, so that all that who dwelt in Asia, heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Go back to verse 9. But when some were hardened, just like they are here in Shreveport, and believed not, that's their problem, that's why they're in the dark, because they have no light, but spoke evil of that way before the multitude. And this is exactly what Paul what God told him. The Holy Ghost told him. See now I've opened this door in Ephesus. 
And there are going to be many adversaries. Man, Paul argued with them folk for two whole years. Thank God he was the apostle. I would have cussed them all out and got my Bible, closed it up, and got on my donkey. <laughs> and rolled on out of Dodge, man. Notice, they were hardened. And see, when people let sin come into their life, they don't want to be in a church like this. They're sitting back there now. They complain about the eloquent preacher. We've been in there long enough. Don't you see, I don't, I don't rub, the Holy Ghost and rubbed over one of their pet sins. Now they're they uncomfortable. They done made up their mind. If I get out of here alive, I ain't coming back. And oftentimes that's why people leave churches. Ain't cause the pastor ran away with the secretary and went to Bermuda. Sometimes people leave churches when they ain't comfortable living the way they're living. We don't know. But it's one thing we do know. When the light come on, darkness has to give it up. That's when the light comes on. So the Lord told Paul exactly what's happening right here, that it was going to happen. Many adversaries. Now, let's look at some of these adversaries that are our enemies. Because Paul is dead and gone. Paul is sleeping in the bosom of Jesus. But we're still here, and guess what? So is the devil. 1 Peter 5. Go there. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at these many adversaries, because there are many of them. I remember one time when I was trying to get some things together for Greenwood Acres and have a doctrinal conference. Maybe some of y'all remember that. We had a doctrinal uh, 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 conference to talk about doctrine. We talked about tithes and offerings, whether or not that was still relevant to the church today. We talked about once saved, always saved. And, and uh, I think Pastor Harry Blake was on that uh, to speak. Uh, Pastor Don Anderson was on there to speak, and uh, I was on there to speak, and I think someone else was on there to speak. Because it's been in my heart, and still is, the church must understand doctrine, because that's where the battle lines are drawn. Right there. But, but we take so lightly, because some of us have, have gone to church so many years. Some of y'all were Catholics before you, you know, got into this. Some of y'all were pure Methodists. And, and what you basically looked at was the method, the methodology, and all that. So that's not what I'm after. What I'm after, and what the Holy Ghost is after right here, is to understand who are the enemies of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. But you know, a long time ago, the devil tried to make church as a fashion fair. You know, back in the day, women used to wear hats. Y'all remember that? Can I get a, him? Some of those hats, you had to change seats from behind because you sure couldn't see the pulpit or the rest of the room. <laughs> it was a fashion fair. And it's good that Christian women be moderately dressed. So, so, so don't get this twisted. 
But if your hat's so big and the person behind you can't even see the person in front of you, don't you think you need to cut down on your hat? I said that to say this. The devil has tried to make the church a fashion fair. Just look at people's clothes. And that's what sometimes people come to church to see. While they ain't asleep, they're looking at the clothes. Do you think for one moment that I would care at all if another brother had on the same shirt I'm wearing today? You think I'm going to go get some lighter fluid and burn my shirt? I just say the brother got good taste. But you take some of these women. It can be the same dress, but the strap on her dress comes this way. Strap on yours, come this way. You're going to burn the dress. Uh-uh. Church is not a fashion fair. It's not a let me tickle you so you can be comfortable messing up. It ain't none of that. It's the truth rightly divided. And, and ain't no need of, you know, you, you. a lot of times people say, he's talking about me. I don't know that. But you were smart enough to get up, get dressed, and come out of here. Now God deserves some praise for that because he, you were smart enough to come out here. This is one thing I know. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this, 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 this COVID-19, in the middle of all that that's going on, this ain't the first time and this ain't the last time that stuff like this is going to happen. But it's the first time something like this has happened in my lifetime that has been this far-reaching. And we got people that are bordering on being put outdoors. We, we've, got, we've got restaurants and stuff closing, probably never will open back up. We, we've, got, we've got a situation right here. That's why if you got a place where you're making money and the Lord can bless you, you ought to beat all the rest of us here at church thanking God for the benefit. Am I right about it? Thanking God for the benefit. When you got people, man, listen, even the government is trying to pay people's rent. That's only going to last so long. And don't let them fool you. They ain't for you. We need a president to get out of Congress' way and let them legislate and let them do what they need to do. We got more than one branch of government. It's bad when you power thirsty, power drunk, till you run over everything. Now, we need to hear from the Congress. We need to hear because they're the only ones that can allocate these benefits the way they ought to be allocated. And a lot of them are not going to do what they need to do because they're afraid of who's in the White House. You might say, well, well Pastor, we at church. and You don't need us talking about that. We're going to talk about whatever. Well, I'm going to talk about whatever I need to talk about. Because I'm dealing with the Bible. God is the one that established human government. Human government is supposed to be fair to all the people. It's all of our taxes. All of our taxes. Not just white folk taxes. Since I done jumped political right quick, let me just say this. So now all of a sudden, we're going to back the badge. 
I hate that mess because it's prejudice and it's racially tone. You're going to bag the badge when they are busting your little white boy's head wide open out on Uri Drive and when they're killing him and when they got their foot and knee on their neck. No, you're not. You ain't going to be nowhere around. But as long as it's done to us, you're going to back the badge. I ain't backing the badge. I thank God for all good police officers, but these bad ones need to be fired and they need to go because there's nothing more than slave patrol. So you're going to show up with your white self talking about we, we behind the police. I'm behind the police too. But I ain't for them doing us like they doing us. Ain't no way in my clear conscience can I march for the police. And that ought to be understood. I don't know how I got off on that, but you know, y'all need, it's time to wake up. We're marching by a higher order, and that is to love. And, and, and when we understand that, it does not minimize what these police across this country is doing to us. They stopped this black woman, two black women the other day with their kids in the car and made them to lie down on that hot asphalt. They wouldn't have done a white woman like that. But you notice ain't nobody saying anything. In over 200 years of the Ku Klux Klan, ain't nobody saying anything. Because that's sponsored by the White House. You know what's offensive to me? A Negro calling himself a Republican. Made me want to push this microphone all the way down so I can hear the heartbeat. That was a time of the Republican Party, Party of Lincoln. That was a time when they were favorable and all that. That day is gone. And here we're going to send three planes over to Iran. And we're going to send supplies. And we're going to ask the country to pray for those that are over in Iran. But we ain't going to John Lewis' funeral. We ain't got no condolences for the family either. If you ain't never voted before ever in your life, you better make very sure that you register and that you go and vote. November 3, 2020. I, I just, I don't, I don't think I can take four more years of this. Actually, when you look at it, it was three years before these four years. Every time you turn around, this man was on TV. Don't get me wrong, I'm for the government. I'm just not for bad government. I'm for the police. I'm not just, I'm not for bad police. I'm for loving my neighbor. It's the bad neighbor that I'm concerned about. Some of y'all got neighbors from hell. Every morning when you look over there and the sun come up, you don't see number steam on the yard. And then here comes Jesus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. (laughs) 
The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. And we must never stop telling the truth about whatever issue we're going to talk about. Could we please tell the truth about it? Could we please tell the truth about it? I'm glad that a lot of white folk have finally gotten on Black Lives Matter on that side. That, that, that makes me feel good about some of them. Yeah. But you know, when Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter, when that phrase was coined, now here they come. All lives matter. You didn't say that when you was killing us. And now because we have a mantra that we are saying, now you want to take that. Because if Black Lives Matter to you, then it wouldn't be all this killing and dumping in the Pearl River and Mississippi River and destroying our housing. And whenever you hear a white person talking about our values, that means we keep little Jimmy and our families together while we destroy yours. And it's all done by the U.S. Constitution. I know these are hard truths, but at what point do you with your black face come into a quote-unquote black church, give it a break? The Lord love all people. That ain't the subject. And even with his love, they killed him. They cut Paul's head off. They crucified Peter upside down. They killed Dr. King. And you want me to be quiet? Who are you? What do you really stand for? I was told about a a black NFL player here recently that turned preacher was at this football game and decided that he was not going to bow. See, four years ago, they had to come back and admit that Colin Kaepernick was right. But ain't nobody stepped up to give him no job. So this black football player going to stand for the uh, national anthem. That's fine because it's never been about the flag. It's been about injustice. So this, this black athlete, and so they, they want to know, and the black athletes are preaching now. So they want to know, well, why, why are you standing for the uh, national anthem, uh, anthem and you're a black preacher? Because Jesus loves all people. Oh my goodness. Is that where you are? So you're standing because Jesus loves all people. And that's what we have on our hands, a world that is so twisted. Just like this hurricane, Isaias. And I'm saying, that ain't the way that's enunciated. Isaias. The word don't go to church. They don't have a clue what that is. That's Isaiah. Not Isaiah. And the church is looking to them for direction. Man, listen, you better get your eyes back on Jesus. The one who suffered, bled, and died. 
and rose again that we might have eternal life and this life is in God's son. Yeah, a lot of doors are open. And I know some of you parents are concerned about your children and going back to school. Now to show you how much sense the government has. <laughs> okay, you've been protecting your precious little child, keeping your child at home, keeping them safe. Now they say send them back into this burning building over here. We got to have your kids back. And you know what some Christian people say? Yeah, you going to school. But you know what they didn't say to their child on Saturday? Yeah, we going to church. Like God trying to harm us. Y'all still here? Yeah. Anybody in here love Jesus? Yeah. Y'all love the truth. Love the truth. These adversaries are real. These problems are real. But so are the solutions to these problems. Jesus is the answer for the whole world today. If, if we would listen to Jesus, there would be no more world wars. There would be no more disparity between the races. If we would just listen to Jesus. Don't let this world wear you down. You better learn how to pray. You better learn how to effectively pray and cast all of your cares upon the Lord because you're not going to change this world. We can't change this world, but the gospel can change the people that are living in this world. I'm concerned. I am concerned. I am concerned. And sometimes I've been depressed behind all this stuff. But I can't stop now. And if God can't fix it, nobody can. So let God keep you in the midst of this pandemic. Let him keep you in the midst of this generation. Because he's good at doing that. When the storms of life are raging, he can hide you. He can keep you. He can, he can bless you. He can exalt you. He can lift you up. Man, I know people that's been looking for work now for a long time. And their phone has yet to ring. But I believe with all my heart that God knows what you need. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. And he's still working miracles. Be safe, be sound, be secure, but be in faith. Doors are opening, but they are, and there are many adversaries. I didn't read 1 Peter 5, did I? Okay. I didn't plan on this being a continuation. I thought I'd be in and out. But, but you know, I don't know how these messages are going to come out ever. I just do what the Lord tells me to do and get started. And, and these messages keep turning and, and going on and on and on and on and on. Because so is it in life. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. But if God's word can direct us, then we can be saved from a whole lot of stuff. If we would just listen to what he is telling us.
First Peter 5 and 8. I'm getting ready to conclude. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Verses 7 through 9. Notice this. Casting some of your care upon him. Now when you prayed, when you prayed last night and this morning, did you really cast the things that you're concerned about onto him and left them? Or are you sitting in here today trying to figure out what you're supposed to do next? It didn't say that. It didn't say by figuring we please God. It says by faith. I'm here with you. And that's one thing about the Lord. When the Lord raised up leadership, he doesn't deliver us from the people he sent us to serve. Oh, Moses would have been glad of that. If he could have sat on the sideline for 40 years, just watch Israel go by every day. Moses was out there humping and sweating with the rest of them. I deal with the same demon you deal with. Probably a little bit more because he wants to knock out everything that's in top leadership, wherever it is. That's why I don't come in here and you haven't prayed for me. Amen. See, if you pray for me, I won't get on your nerves. <laughs> you won't be sitting back there wondering, can anybody go get the mic? <laughs> well. You ain't got no money to pay nobody to come up here and get this microphone. Because there's no God, don't play that. But I am cognizant of our time together. And, and I think the reason I'm so relaxed right through here is because we ain't going up on the north for 1030. You ain't got nothing else to do. So at this point, we done had all the singing we're going to have. <laughs> Casting all of your care upon him. And the word says, for he careth for you. That's our Jesus in the midst of this pandemic. Say he cares for me. He takes care of me. And I love him. Now watch this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary. The devil. There he is. Like a roaring lion walketh about seeking. Whom he may devour. That's, that's that same devil. Now the devil is walking about seeking whom he may devour. I asked this question a long time ago. How did the devil get so comfortable. Until he walks around among us. And is not afraid of being bound by us. Somebody that made him feel real comfortable. And these adversaries are attacking the church. Girl, you going to church tomorrow? Yeah, I wouldn't go. I ain't going to be in no building where a lot of people are. And then some folk got mitigated on that. talking about, well, you know, uh, at the book nook, they gather all up there. Well, have you noticed, if you and your family or 15 of y'all come together, all y'all can sit together. 
quit trying to pick the church apart. Baby, the gates of hell ain't going to prevail against God's church. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Now, if I was like some folk, you know, is the pastor coming to church today? No, he's going to speak to us on hologram. Hologram. <laughs> you know, you know what other the other day they had a they had a commercial on about a hologram and they said, Well, if you want a hologram where it looks like doing them old fashioned telephone booth, you can actually put up in your church, put it on the stage, and it costs sixty thousand dollars and wherever you are you can Boom your image into the church. You can talk to everybody. You don't have to be concerned about nobody sneezing on you, nobody coughing on you. You can just be on hologram. And I thought about it. I said, well, Greenwood Acres will probably buy one of them. <laughs> Man, I live for this. You think I'm going to let you enjoy all this by yourself? Mm -mm. I'm not going to live in fear. I am, I am not. The worst thing that could happen to me ain't death. It's being betrayed. <laughs> Your adversary, the devil, is walking about as a roaring lion. What, what is he roaring? I'm going to put sickness on you. I'm going to put a disease on you. I'm going to this. I'm going to that. Since your life is in God's hands, don't worry about it. Amen. Don't worry about it. I remember when I was a baby Christian and preaching at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning up on Milam Street up there by the Harlem House. And I remember when I pulled down on Milam Street and, um, Milam Street and Hearn Avenue and stopped at that red light by 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. No cars moving. I was about the only car on the street at that time because I've been preaching on the corner of Pier Avenue and Milam. And here come the devil. Devil came into the car. He says, I'll kill you. That's what he said to me. I remember like it was yesterday. You know, he did come to steal to kill. I'll kill you. Now, I didn't have all the scripture uh, then that I have now. So I did the best I could. You know what I told the devil? You ain't going to do nothing to me. <laughs> that was about the extent of my rebuke. <laughs> and guess what? He, he tried September last year. That didn't work. Because Mary was awake. That, that didn't work. I'm not afraid of life. And I'm not afraid of death. My concern through here, and, and, and I'm doing a whole lot better. I want to thank all y'all for praying for me. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing a whole lot better. I've come a long way, and I've got a long way to go. But it's one thing that I have confessed I'm not going to do, and that is I'm not going to give up on life. I'm not, I'm not. I am not going to give up. Every day that God allows me to live, I want to live, I want to laugh, I want to learn, I want to be happy, and I'm not letting Mr. Trump and all the rest of this stuff direct my life. They ain't God. I'm going to let God direct my life. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God.
And boy, what a day of rejoicing we're going to have when we all see Jesus. But we got a long way to go. But we're going to be all right. God's going to take care of you and your children. God's going to take care of you and your grandchildren. God is going to take you care of you and Greenwood Acres. God is going to take care of all that he has his hands on. The devil can't move that. So these adversaries just prove that we are on the right path. That's what that proves. I'm going to read this verse of scripture, then I'm going to be through. I'm a long way from being finished. I'm a long way from being finished. And I know the only people that God sends to this church are those that can stand me. <laughs> you don't send folk up in here that can't stand me. Because he gave me a job to do and he told me how to do it. Now I don't know about you, but I love my boss. I, I sure do. I surely do. So the adversary is the devil. He was the devil back then. He's the devil now. And he's walking about seeking whom he may devour or have for lunch. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. The only way you and your family are going to be able to get through here is to resist the devil steadfast. Every chance you get, resist him how? In the faith. What did God say? I'll never leave you. What did he say? I'll never forsake you. What did he say? I will supply every one of your needs. What did he say? I will strengthen you in the day of adversity. That's what he said. And that's what I believe. Is that what you believe? Whom resists steadfast in the faith? Knowing. Somebody say knowing. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the only one that's going through. You're not the only one that's going through. You never have been the only one and you never will be the only one. That's why God has made us a family. And you must see the body of Christ here local as your family, your extended family. These, 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 those that are here, these children... I, I consider them as being my grandchildren. You, adults, as being my children. And when your children start having children, then I start looking at them real strange. And I tell you why. Because now we're getting ready for some more excitement. We to love one another. Pray for one another. Be present for one another. I'm looking at some of y'all. This is the first time I can remember since we've been shut down of seeing some of you. And do you know how I feel inside? Man, I'm just, I mean, I can do it physically. I'm just turning cartwheels. I, it, it, it is. Because it's one thing proven. If you're a child of God, whatever you go through, you're going to end up back at church. I guarantee you, because you're going to start missing something. I love this fellowship. And y'all quit being so hard on people. 
If you go and people are gathered at the book nook, go on to your Sunday school class. They ain't where you head. You head out that door anyway. Y'all quit being so contrary. We're raising another generation here that knows nothing about John Kennedy or Martin Luther King Jr. But everything's going to be all right. On a hill far away and so very long ago, a man named Jesus died for our sins according to the scriptures, according to the book of Jonah. And he was buried, but oh, thank God, the third day, God raised him up from the dead. And he is alive today. And Jesus is alive forevermore. And has the keys of hell. And has the keys of death. So our future is also secure. <laughs> I'm glad he got the keys. And I know I ain't going to hell. Amen. Oh the door is open. And there are many adversaries. But every adversary is defeated. Already defeated. And has no power over God's people. But you know what breaks the back of the devil? Your joy and your rejoicing. That's what breaks the back of the enemy. Not sitting up looking all depressed and all out of it. And wondering about what tomorrow is going to bring. Don't worry about it. The same God that kept us in our mother's womb is the same one that's keeping us right now. He is able and he's worthy of all of our praises. Can I get a witness? Come on, get on your feet and praise God for who he is. Come on, thank God for what he's done. Come on, bless the Lord for what he is about to do. Can you say, I love you, Lord? Now the question is Will I do His will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. 
I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Caldwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Oh, <laughs>